Turn your Bibles to John chapter 3, the Gospel of John chapter 3. And as you're turning there, what does Santa eat for breakfast? Frosted flakes. What does the gingerbread man, now come on, this one's going to slay you, okay? What does the gingerbread man put on his bed? A cookie sheet. A cookie sheet. Amen. So this morning, I want to talk about miracle birth and why Emmanuel. That's a question for us to consider. Why Emmanuel? Why did God come in the flesh? Was it absolutely necessary for Jesus to be born of a virgin? And what about Calvary? Couldn't God just have forgiven us without Jesus having suffered the cross? I want us to think about those questions as we look through God's word this morning. Let's pick up in the Gospel of John, chapter 3, starting right at verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night, and he said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God's with them. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to Jesus, how can a man uh, be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. So we see this meeting between Jesus and this man Nicodemus. Now, Nicodemus, his his name literally means superior, superior. And Nicodemus was a Pharisee. That was like the, the upper tier of the Jewish uh, uh, religious leaders. And not only was he a Pharisee, but the Bible also tells us that he was a ruler of the Jews. This means that he was a member of the, the elite ruling class. He was a member of the Sanhedrin. As a ruler of the Jews, that meant he was part of the Sanhedrin. That was a, a 71-member um, elite ruling authority over the Jewish people, on all matters of religious rule, religious authority. Uh, The Sanhedrin had that ruling power. Now, Nicodemus saw Jesus as he opened the eyes of the blind, as he made the lame to walk, as he healed the sick, and as he cast out demons. Nicodemus was an eyewitness to all of these things. So he had to be completely perplexed when Jesus told him that one birth was not enough. Amen? 
One birth was not enough. He needed to be born again. Jesus was telling him, look, if you want to understand this miracle, then you have to be one too. Amen? To understand that miracle, you have to be one. For every birth is a miracle. Amen? Every birth is a miracle. Whether it's a natural birth, whether it was the virgin birth, or whether it's the new birth. Amen? Every birth is a miracle of God. Now, I want us to note, note something very important. If this devout, religious, spiritual man named Nicodemus needed to be born again, then be rest assured every single one of us do. Amen? First thing I want us to see this morning, I want us to consider the inadequacy of the natural birth. The inadequacy of the natural birth. Look at verse 6. Jesus said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. So what is born of the flesh? What is he talking about? Well, born of the flesh, he's simply talking about natural birth. You know, this is, the, this is how we all came into this world, amen, through the natural birth. And Jesus is telling us, just as he did Nicodemus, that one birth is not enough, amen? Natural birth. Being born of the flesh is inadequate. The question is why? Why is it inadequate? Well, simply put, it binds us to our sinful nature. Amen? It binds us to our sinful nature. Psalm 51.5 Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Ephesians 2.3 Among, also, among whom also we all uh, once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath. God is telling us that we are sinners by birth. We are sinners by, natural, uh, by nature because of the natural birth. Amen? We're born sinners. That which is the uh, born of the flesh is flesh. So question is, what is the flesh like? What are the characteristics of the flesh? Well, God gives us some details, actually some great details, in Galatians 5, starting at verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. Amen? This is what is inside all of us. Amen? We're all of the flesh. 
We all have the propensity to do all of these things and any of those things. Amen? Now, absolutely, we, maybe we haven't committed all of these sins, but what we have to understand, it's not the amount of sins that, con- that convicts us. Amen? It's the fact of sin that condemns us. Amen? It's not the amount, it's the fact. Bottom line, if we break one law of God, then what have we done? We've broken the whole law of God. If we've sinned only one sin, and that's, you know, usually before we even get out of bed, we've broken the whole law of God. That is the flesh. Nicodemus was born in the natural world. He was bound to the sinful world, but he was also blind to the spiritual world. But Nicodemus also represents every single one of us. Amen? We're all in the same boat. We're born to the natural world. We're bound to the sinful world because of our flesh, and we're blind to the spiritual world. Nicodemus came to Jesus by night. But there was an even greater darkness in his soul, in his flesh. He was spiritually blind to the truths of God. The same as all of us before we came to Jesus Christ. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 18. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. Amen? Spiritual blindness is a blindness of the heart. That darkness of the flesh. We need God's Holy Spirit to give us spiritual sight. We need the light of Jesus Christ to cast out that darkness. Jesus said, unless one is born again, he cannot see. Amen? Unless one is born again, he cannot see. We cannot see the truths of God. Because the natural birth is inadequate. Secondly... Let's consider the adequacy of the virgin birth. The natural birth was inadequate, but the virgin birth was completely adequate. Verse 2 in our original text. This man, talking about Nicodemus, came to Jesus by night, and he said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do, Unless God is with him. Well, old Nicodemus was only half right. Amen. Jesus was indeed a teacher come from God. But more importantly, above that, he was God come down to teach. Amen. He was God in the flesh. Emmanuel. Skip down to verse 13. No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, 
That is the Son of Man who is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And how did Jesus enter our humanity? Through a virgin birth, conceived by God's Holy Spirit. Amen? That's how Jesus entered our humanity. So back to my question earlier. Why Calvary? Amen? Why Calvary? Why did Jesus have to endure the shame and the suffering and the hardships of the cross? Couldn't God just have forgiven us? Well, that's where we need to understand the adequacy of the virgin birth, what the virgin birth provided. First and foremost, Jesus came in the flesh to provide revelation. Amen? He came in the flesh to provide revelation. Without Christ, we would have no idea who God is. We would have no way to understand God himself. We would have no way to know God. If we want to know God, where do we look? We look unto Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus came down to give us revelation. He revealed himself to us. He came to open our spiritual eyes. Unless one is born again, he cannot see. He's talking about spiritual sight. Another thing we have to understand is that, that this spiritual blindness is willful. Verse 19. And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. The truth is that most people don't want to hear about Christ. Why? Because the light of Christ reveals our wickedness. The light of Christ goes right into the flesh. The Bible makes it very clear that most love darkness rather than light. They don't want to give up their sinful lifestyles. Amen? Last week, talking to a gentleman, and, and he asked, he said, why, why don't you think people go to church anymore? says very simple they like darkness rather than light the light of jesus exposes their lifestyle and they don't want to change they don't want to give up this world remember what i said a couple weeks ago we we poke fun at a child who's afraid of the dark but more disturbing worse than that is an adult who's afraid of the light amen Second part of the adequacy of the virgin birth is that Jesus not only came to provide revelation, but he also came to provide redemption. Amen? He came to provide redemption. John 3.16. Amen? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. 
For God does not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Amen. You see, in Adam, through our natural birth, we receive our sinful nature. And because of that sinful nature, that leads to death. Amen? So only a perfect man can redeem mankind. And obviously that could never come from Adam's bloodline. So we were doomed. We were completely lost without hope. So what was God's solution? His unconditional love for us. He himself would enter into our humanity through a virgin conceived by his Holy Spirit. It took a sinless man to redeem sinful man. Amen? He was born a babe in Bethlehem for one purpose. To die in our place. He was born of a virgin so that we can be born again. That's John 3.16. Amen. Plain and simple. That is John 3.16. And the last thing I want us to consider, we saw the inadequacy of the natural birth, the adequacy of the virgin birth. Now I want us to see the abundancy of the new birth. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that God used the analogy of birth to illustrate salvation. It's something we can all relate to. It's a very simple concept. It's not, it's not complicated. We think about birth. In order for a birth to happen, a conception must occur between two parents, right? So who are our spiritual parents in the new birth. Do you ever think about that? Who are our spiritual parents in the new birth? Look at verse 5. Jesus answered Nicodemus. He said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So one of the two parents is pretty obvious, right? The spirit we know as God's Holy Spirit. That's pretty obvious. But what about the water? What is Jesus talking about with water here? Well, you have to go to Ephesians 5.26. That he, Jesus, might sanctify and cleanse her, talking about the church. That is the body of born-again believers that he may sanctify and cleanse us with the washing of water by what? The word. Right here. Washing of water by the word. Water is symbolic of the word of God. 1 Peter 1.23 Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, how? He said, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Everybody catch that? 
It takes both the word of God and God's Holy Spirit to conceive in our heart in order for us to be born again. Amen? That is our spiritual parents. You see, anybody can come and stand in this pulpit, quote this book, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. But if God's Holy Spirit is not in it, it will never bear fruit. Amen? And that is the trouble with false prophets. These false preachers that are out there, some of them have these mega churches just deceiving people hand and foot, left and right. They'll give you just enough of this to sound legitimate. And then they start going off. And the only thing that changes is the weight of your wallet at the end of the service. Amen. It gets a lot lighter. But there's no fruit that's produced. You can quote Bible verse after Bible verse, but if God's Holy Spirit is not in it, there will no fruit be produced. Amen. That's what we have to understand. However, if we bring the Word of God and we bring God's Holy Spirit together, conception will occur in the womb of our faith the very moment that we believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Amen. In the natural birth, parents don't create life. Amen? We give ourselves way too much credit. God was the only one that created life. In natural birth, we don't create light. We transmit life. Our life goes into our children. Amen? In the spiritual birth, when we're born again, the life of God comes into us. It's transmitted into us. Salvation, we need to understand that too many people believe salvation is going to heaven. That's not what salvation is. Salvation is not going to heaven. That's a byproduct of salvation. What is salvation truly? Salvation is holy God getting into us. Amen? That is what salvation is. Just as we get, you know, characteristics from our natural parents. Amen? We also receive godly characteristics in the new birth. 2 Peter 1.4 By which have been uh, given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. Did you catch that? As a born-again believer, we are partakers of the divine nature. Not the flesh, but of the spirit. Amen? The moment we are born again, we receive godly characteristics. You see, my human nature comes from my mom and dad, so you can blame them for me. Amen? That's my human nature. But my divine nature comes from my heavenly Father. Amen. And we are partakers of his divine nature. What are some of those divine nature characteristics? Well, first and foremost, 
We're going to have a love for Jesus Christ and one another. Amen? One another. We're going to desire holiness. And we're going to develop a hatred against sin. Not the sinner, but against sin. Amen? We're also going to want to just share Jesus Christ every chance we get. We're going to have a desire to share Jesus Christ. I want you to think about that for a second. Now, some of us, we're introverts, we're shy, and that's hard by nature to do that, isn't it? But let me ask you a question. If you had the cure for cancer, would you keep it to yourself? You'd share it with the entire world, wouldn't you? Well, let me tell you something. Jesus is greater than even the cure for cancer. He is the cure for our sin sickness. He is the cure for hell. And we need to share him with the entire world. Amen. Birth is a new start. It's a, it's a fresh start. A newborn baby. Think about this. A newborn baby only has tomorrows. He doesn't have any yesterdays, does he? Amen. Isn't that a great thought? A newborn baby can't dwell on their yesterday. They don't have any. And being born again, we are a new creation in Jesus Christ. All of our yesterdays, with all of their failures, with all of their sins, are washed away. We get a brand new slate we get a fresh start. All of our yesterdays are wiped clean. Our sins are cast into God's sea of forgetfulness, never to be brought up, never to be remembered ever again. Let me tell you, the miracle of birth. That is what Christmas is all about. 